welcome to the Cuban Connection. My name is Felix Chevalier. In this episode, we'll be discussing when to enter the Cuban marketplace, the pros and cons of entering now and later. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network, presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. So as I mentioned in this segment, we're gonna talk about uh, entering the Cuban marketplace, do we do so now, the pros and cons of doing it now versus later. And so I'm often asked, the reason I brought up this topic is because I'm often asked, will the Cuban marketplace open up? In my last episode, uh, I talked about why I was bullish on Cuba and how I thought it is, it, I thought that it, it is the new or next frontier uh, for American businesses. Um, I'm also often asked whether or not uh, the Trump policy uh, hurts or help uh, uh, U.S. companies who are trying to do business in Cuba. Um, so let's start with just talking a little bit about the Trump policy. So the Trump policy is largely based on the Obama policy. The Obama policy uh, essentially went into uh, revising, or I should say, executing certain executive orders that allowed diplomatic relations between the two countries. Uh, he also, he referring to President Obama, eased uh, travel between Cuba and the United States. Uh, they also entered into a lot of bilateral agreements with the Cuban government to help uh, with environmental issues, drug trafficking, um, and other bilateral agreements that were going to be obviously mutually beneficial to both countries. Uh, when President Obama made his, I'm sorry, when President Trump made his uh, policy statement, he stated that he was going to uh, basically roll back all the Obama policies. But when you look at the written statement, it essentially focuses on two areas uh, of the Obama uh, policies. What he is proposing is roll back, he referring to President Trump, uh, he's proposing to roll back individual travel to Cuba uh, from the United States. So individuals will not be able to uh, basically check a box and say that they're going to Cuba on uh, an education for educational purposes uh, uh, where they do uh, what they call a people of people exchange. And then uh, the second uh, policy uh, change that President Trump made was restricting U.S. companies from entering into business with any uh, entities in Cuba that are either owned or operated by the Cuban military. In the next month or so, we should be hearing from uh, the Department of Commerce and the Department of Treasury on what are those specific Cuban agencies that American companies cannot interface with. Uh, that being said, there are a lot of areas where President Trump does not uh, roll back some of the policies that were implemented by uh, President Obama. So for example, there are 12 categories in, under which Americans can travel to Cuba, uh, specifically in the policy statement uh, President Trump is basically rolling back uh, one category, which is people to people. Now, it, 
his policy mixed and the other categories, but that is the primary category that uh, we know for certain is going to be uh, affected. So overall, uh, American companies can do business in Cuba. Again, we're going to get uh, all the details once the regulations are uh, uh, published by the Department of Commerce and uh, the Treasury Department, but it, it seems based on the uh, policy statement that President Trump issued that American companies will be able to do business in Cuba. They just have to uh, be careful with what agencies in Cuba they interface with. Um, we have, uh, as I mentioned in the last uh, episode, uh, the agriculture industry has been um, really aggressive in pressing the uh, administration and Congress in general about opening up the Cuban market to the agriculture industry. Uh, I think if that happens, it'll basically lay the blueprint for other companies to go in. So again, what are the pros and cons to uh, U.S. companies entering into the market early? And then what are the pros and cons for U.S. companies uh, waiting? Let's look at a company that has entered the market early and the pros and cons that they are experiencing. So, for example, just earlier this week, I read an article where Marriott Corporation, which is already based, I should say, operating in Cuba, uh, they are now looking to expand their footprint in Cuba. Uh, there are pros and cons there. Uh, the cons are that uh, uh, Marriott had to go through a lot of uh, loopholes due to all the restrictions that are in place uh, that they would not have to go through if they were going to, let's say, the Dominican Republic. And so that was one of the cons. They had to you know, get an OFAC license. Uh, OFAC stands for Office of Foreign Asset Control, which is a, uh, a division or department within the Department of uh, Treasury. Uh, they uh, obviously had to spend money to uh, get the license and uh, who knows what other regulations they had to uh, uh, navigate in order to get into the Cuban market, in addition to navigating the Cuban uh, infrastructure uh, as well. Uh, I was in Cuba just a month ago. This is uh, August 23rd. August Today's August 23rd. And so I was in Cuba five weeks ago. And uh, I was out there, uh, our firm, our law firm, the Chevalier Law Firm, hosted a reception for a delegation of business people from Houston. The Houston International Trade Development Council uh, had a delegation of about 40 people who went to Cuba, and we put on a reception for them. Uh, they all stayed at the Four Point Sheraton. The Four Point Sheraton is actually owned by Marriott. Well, uh, what they learned was that the hotel uh, only had water on certain days. So obviously, uh, that is a major issue, uh, especially for Americans who are traveling uh, and who can afford to travel uh, overseas are not accustomed to dealing with a situation where they're going to a Marriott property and they cannot have access to something as basic as water. That's one of the cons that the Marriott Corporation is dealing with as a result of their early market entry into Cuba. Uh, frankly, other companies that will be interested in entering the Cuban marketplace are going to deal with some of the infrastructure issues that the Cuban, uh, the Cuba is dealing with. I was in Cuba back in December for a meeting at the U.S. Embassy, and it 
uh, I, I didn't. I stayed uh, at a uh, Airbnb uh, place, uh, which was about eight blocks away from the nearest hotel. Well, uh, it rained heavily the night before. There were no cabs around, so I had to walk to the hotel. Well, the entire way to uh, the hotel, I was basically walking through water. By the time I got to the embassy, I literally had to go into the bathroom, take off my shoes and my socks and dry my socks in the blower at the US embassy uh, in order to have some uh, dry clothing. Uh, so that gives you a sense of how uh, uh, much development the island needs in order to get its infrastructure in place. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there are a number of other uh, infrastructure issues that I'm sure the Marriott Corporation uh, will be dealing with, uh, and that's gonna persist. And that's gonna persist not only for them, but for other companies that are looking to uh, get into the market. Uh, I, I read another article uh, earlier where you had a number of uh, trucking companies in the United States who are now eyeing Cuba because they want to take advantage of the fact that Cuba needs trucks. Uh, Cuba has a, uh, their truck fleet is over half a century year old. And so U.S. companies that manufacture trucks see that as another market. Uh, you gotta understand Cuba is about 42,000 square miles. Uh, that's uh, close to the size of the state of Pennsylvania. So imagine being able to market to an entire brand new state, if you will, to make a comparison. So um, uh, other, uh, examples are airlines. So uh, airlines within the United States, uh, many of the major ones, United, Southwest Airlines, Delta, Spirit, uh, there's probably another three or four uh, American Airlines uh, and others that are operating in Cuba. And uh, they're dealing with their issues. So for example, um, uh, early on, there were some issues about security issues that was reconciled. Um, when I went to Cuba uh, uh, five weeks ago, uh, my flight to Havana was delayed because we had mechanical problems. And our flight was delayed longer than we anticipated because we had to have the mechanic actually go with us to Cuba. Why? Because in Cuba, they do not have uh, mechanics for airplanes. Uh, or I'm sure they do have mechanics for airplanes, but they don't have mechanics that are up to uh, U.S. code to work on U.S. airplanes. And so uh, the way U.S.-based uh, airlines deal with that issue is they have to board their mechanics with them to deal with any issues that they may anticipate uh, in the event that they run into problems uh, while they're on the island. So uh, one of the, the things that um, you, you, you have to be concerned about is, is infrastructure. Uh, of course, because of the embargo being in place, uh, there is a little apprehension with uh, the Cuban government to deal with American companies because they don't know how uh, policy issues are going to change and uh, they want to make sure that things are stable. Uh, there is, I mentioned earlier, a cost with uh, having to um, uh, pay consultants and law firms and things of that nature in order to get through these uh, regulatory uh, loopholes to get into the market. But there are also uh, plenty of good reasons 
for companies to get into the market early. Uh, one is less competition from U.S. companies. I'm going to pick on Marriott because uh, it's a brand that most uh, Americans know, and I suspect most people who are listening to this podcast are Americans, but there are uh, other companies uh, throughout the world who depend upon uh, or I should say, look to see how the United States is going to operate uh, or how are they going to deal with Cuba, and that will determine uh, their outcome. Uh, so, for example, I have a client, uh, a major uh, energy company that I'm representing to get into the Cuban market, uh, a, a client of theirs who ships their products uh, to other countries, uh, is also interested in entering uh, the Cuban marketplace. And my client referred their client to me to help them get into Cuba. As we uh, were negotiating how we, we would go about helping them uh, with market entry, this was right around a time when President Trump uh, announced his policy on Cuba, uh, specifically on June the 16th. Well, uh, as a result of uh, President Trump's policy statement, uh, this company, which was based in London, uh, said that they were going to hold off until uh, things got better between the United States and Cuba. Literally uh, yesterday, I received an email from a um, uh, individual who's a corporate executive who's interested in, in going to Cuba for the Energy Oil and Gas Conference is gonna be taking place in September. Our law firm is gonna be hosting uh, two workshops uh, on the 26th of September uh, on the eve of the uh, conference leading up to it and uh, they're interested uh, in the market but uh, bottom line they said that they were apprehensive to uh, move forward as a result of the current dynamics between the United States and Cuba and so uh, the way the United States treats Cuba has a profound effect on business for U.S. companies and for companies around the world who don't want to uh, uh, tarnish their relationship with the United States, uh, even though many companies from around the world do conduct business uh, in Cuba. Uh, but again, going back to some of the benefits or some of the pros of doing business in Cuba is that you're dealing with less American competition. Now, that's not to say that, again, Marriott, for our example, does not have competition with uh, other uh, hotels because you have hotel brands like Malia, which is a uh, Spanish-owned company that has a number of uh, hotels in Cuba. Uh, clearly, they're competing with Marriott, but Marriott is now looking to expand their footprint on the island. And so, uh, uh, but they have uh, no competition, uh, from what I know, from any other uh, American company. Now, I know that there are uh, other American companies that are interested in uh, entering the, Cuba, the Cuban marketplace, and, and I'm specifically referring to other hotels uh, because uh, last year in May, uh, when I went to the White House on a business briefing for doing business in Cuba, uh, there were a number of other very well-known uh, uh, American branded brand hotels that are uh, who were there and were clearly interested in in the marketplace but they are not operating in Cuba and so if Marriott gets the opportunity to expand their footprint 
down the road, uh, they're going to be in a they're going to have a competitive advantage uh, over the other American companies that are going to be trying to enter uh, the Cuban marketplace uh, because they would have been operating there for a while, establish uh, relationships, and uh, will have a much more uh, robust footprint uh, on the island. Um, you know, the other thing to think about or, or to consider is that there is a, a higher probability of entry into the market uh, now uh, because so many American companies are apprehensive to enter into the market even though they are legally permitted to do so. Again, so there are, because there's less competition, uh, that increases the probability of being able to get into the market. Uh, and the other thing is that you informally uh, have somewhat of a monopoly because in order to get into the marketplace, you have to have a license. And uh, you have to apply for the license and uh, there's there, there is no preference leagues. I don't believe there's any preference for uh, U.S. companies. I'm sorry, preference by the U.S. government for any particular type of uh, American company to enter into the marketplace, into the Cuban marketplace. And so, um, uh, at this point, uh, Marriott is the only U.S. company uh, that I know that is a traditional hotel chain. Uh, that is operating in Cuba. We do have Airbnb uh, that is in Cuba and they are apparently doing uh, very, very well. In fact, most of the time when I go to Cuba, I prefer to stay in the Airbnb because I get the opportunity to uh, interact more with everyday people as opposed to um, uh, what happens at a hotel. Uh, so, so those are some of the uh, uh, incredible benefits to uh, entering into the uh, market early. Uh, now, I, I talked about the cons, you know, there's apprehension by the government and uh, there's lack of infrastructure. Um, uh, so let's think about the flip side, you know, are there any benefits to waiting? Well, the benefit is that uh, you have uh, less regulations, right? So you don't, you know, you're not going to incur, incur the same costs that Marriott has gone through. You're not going to deal with all the uh, headaches that Marriott is dealing with. Uh, I'm sure they have customers who are going to their property uh, and those customers experience not having water. You know, that's not something that you would expect from the Marriott brand and companies that do are not in the market now uh, will not have to experience or their customers will not have to experience uh, that uh, while staying at one of their properties. Uh, of course, if you uh, wait, you'll be entering uh, hopefully into a marketplace where there's better infrastructure so you don't deal with situations like bad roads, flooding or a lack of water or other uh, what we would consider basic things uh, uh, here that we would expect all the time when we're staying at a uh, well-known brand uh, American hotel. And of course, uh, we would assume that uh, if you wait later, and when I say wait later, the difference between now and later is, you know, the, the ending of the embargo, <clears throat> uh, where uh, we have completely normal relations with Cuba like we would have with any other uh, country like Canada or uh, the Bahamas. Uh, 
But, you know, there are also cons with waiting, right? And so uh, one of the cons with waiting is that, uh, let's say, if and when the embargo is lift lifted and you have this massive influx of American companies who want to enter into the marketplace, uh, now there's a lot of competition. Uh, why should you be picked over the other person uh, or, or other company? And uh, you're also then fighting with incumbents, right? Companies who uh, took the chance to get into the market early, who've been able to establish, establish their relationships, uh, uh, expand themselves in the market. So you're not only fighting with competition to get into the market, but you're also fighting with competition that's already existing in the market. Uh, and you also uh, run the risk of potentially waiting so long that the market gets saturated because again, um, I think one of the misconceptions that a lot of Americans have is that just because American companies are not operating in Cuba, uh, that does not mean that other companies from other parts of the world are not operating in Cuba. Many are. Uh, Cuba has five uh, five-star uh, hotels. They have beautiful resorts. Uh, uh, this is mainly uh, accomplished by joint ventures that the Cuban government enters into with companies from other countries, and they uh, partner with companies from all over the world. Uh, I think I announced at the last ep uh, on our last episode that uh, Cuba's biggest trade partner is China. Um, they have joint venture agreements with the Australians, the Canadians, um, uh, clearly uh, the Russians, and, and, and they've had those relationships with the Russians for many years. And as a result of our um, uh, relationship with the Cubans uh, and, and not reestablishing, or, or I should say going back on normalizing relations with Cuba, uh, and with the um, uh, crisis going on in Venezuela, which is a major or was a major trade partner for Cuba, uh, the Cubans are now going back to the Russians for um, uh, trade purposes. And so those are some of the uh, cons that uh, companies have to take into account uh, that they will have to deal with if they wait to enter the market. So uh, there are pros and cons to entering the market early. Uh, there are pros and cons to waiting. Uh, I personally believe it is absolutely worth uh, getting in early, dealing with the headaches up front, uh, because you will ultimately have a tremendous competitive advantage uh, down the road. And uh, for those who uh, do go into the market early, uh, yes, they will have a lot of headaches. Uh, it will be challenging and difficult at times for some companies. Uh, but down the road, I think those companies are the ones who will have the competitive advantage and uh, reap the fruits of uh, the risks that they took by entering into the market earlier. And I think the other thing that American companies need to keep in, in account, uh, American companies in particular, is that you are permitted to do business in Cuba uh, 
in order to do so, you simply have to, I should say simply, in order to do so, you have to take extra steps um, that you would not normally have to take if you were dealing with a company, I'm sorry, with a country uh, that didn't have a strained relationship with the United States. Uh, as I said, the last uh, episode, I know without a shadow of a doubt that things are gonna change uh, between the United States and Cuba. Uh, it is inevitable that relations will uh, normalize between the two countries. It's just a matter of time. When, I do not know, but it will certainly happen. And I frankly encourage uh, companies, particularly those in the U.S. who are interested in doing business in Cuba, to uh, jump through the loopholes now, deal with the issues that uh, uh, Cuba is currently uh, presented with because they're in the process of um, essentially modernizing uh, the country that starts with infrastructure and for those who enter the market early uh, will be the ones who ultimately benefit from it down the road. I do not get paid by the Cuban government uh, at all. Um, I, as I shared in earlier uh, uh, episodes, uh, my family's from there. Uh, I love going to the country. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for um, uh, U.S. companies to enter the marketplace and frankly help uh, everyday citizens uh, increase their standard of living. Uh, my family's from there and uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to see uh, things change. So again, thank you for listening. Uh, for those who get the opportunity to watch, thank you for watching as well. Uh, if you have questions or comments, feel free to uh, send them to contact at the, at, the, at the Cuban Connection. Again, contact at the CubanConnection.com. Thank you again. Until next time, my name is Felix Chevalier. Thank you. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to subscribe and leave your comments to The Cuban Connection on whichever podcasting service you use.